0: Welcome to an I Love You So Much Daily Dispatch from South by Southwest 2018, brought to you by Lexus of Austin. This is Addie Broyles at Tom's Coffee on South Congress with some very special guests we have Brent and Josh from Beekman 1802. If you aren't familiar with them, they were the stars of the fabulous Beekman Boys, which is how I first discovered them. And they run a really cool shop up in upstate New York that sells handmade artisan heirloom materials. And I also have Chad and Anthony, owners of Lick Honest Ice Creams, who are local entrepreneurs here, and they make, you guessed it, ice cream. (laughs) These four guys were on a panel yesterday about what it's like running a business together in a partnership. And so I'm going to ask them a few questions about that. This is also the day year for South By's, uh, they're calling it a so, a series, not a track for LBGTQAIA um, so we'll get into a little bit of, uh, you know, South By and, and you know, this is Brent and Josh's first time here, so I guess let's start there, uh, you guys have been to Austin several times, what are your impressions of this crazy festival?
1: Oh my god, so it's, it's insane, it, you hear about it all the time South By Southwest, but you don't really, until you're here you don't know what it is, and now I know that it's actually a festival where they try to give away alcohol I think, you know it's like, everywhere you go, they're like, a free drink? We're like, no, we're to. Do you want two? <laughs> like,
0: okay. And so, um, tell me, uh, Anthony and Chad, about how the panel came together and why you reached out to, uh, as they are known, the Beekman Boys.
2: So, I think the uh, when we learned that there was going to be a, a lesbian, an LBGTQIA um, series, what is, is that what they're yeah. calling it this year? Yes. Yeah, it's on track. Yeah, that series. it's new. It's, it's, it's new this year. Um, we, of course, you know, it got our ears perked up and... Um, we just started thinking about different things, we, how we could contribute. We'd love to be a part of it. We started thinking about, you know, we're a gay on business. The two of us talking is probably kind of boring. We're like, who else can we bring into this picture? Mm, another another couple that we've been following, like you, for a long time, um, who we love and respect and, you know, felt a very great connection to with, with what we're doing and our, our views and just our, our general kind of operating in life. Um, and so we just gave them a call, and they were like, yeah. Let's Which we were it. like, that's we're awesome. Gay. We're gay. We have a business. <laughs> Let's do, do it. it.
0: So, Brant, tell me, um, when you were on the panel, you guys only met a few days ago, but I can tell there's already a kinship and a real friendship here. Um, but when you guys were doing the panel or preparing for the panel, what similarities and differences did you notice? And where did you kind of connect over the trials and tribulations of running a business with your partner?
3: Yeah, what's interesting is that the, the um, others than superficially, the gay thing really doesn't come into play too much because if you're a couple and you're entrepreneurs, Um, the similarities are rife and um, as we were going through our stories and talked about all the struggles that we've had how we divide up the businesses between who's going to do what um, it was just it's it's a universal thing and I would say probably most of the people who came to the panel were not even um, gay they Mm -hmm. or or lesbian they were young couples who were starting a business together. running
0: businesses wow okay so um since you have the mic what have you picked up from them that you might take with you back to new york and then i'm asking the same question Ooh. or maybe i'll give the mic to them and let them answer well, first i think
3: one of the things that um uh, that chad and anthony do better than we do uh is turn off uh or at least chad turns off <laughs> um and and i think we we could learn from that i think what makes uh, um, our business slightly different from uh, what they do is that because we're a lifestyle brand and our brand comes from the life that we live, um, it's much harder for us to turn off at the end of the day because you know everything's content. That's right, everything is content.
0: Anthony, what did you guys learn? <laughs> that's
4: a that's a great answer. Chad and I were just talking about that difference the other day. That um,
2: so what have we, so what have we learned? What I was the most fascinated with is the fact that you guys, you know, we run, I mean, we have pretty different companies, you know, where we scoop ice cream in four shops and mail a few things out to different people and sell in some wholesale. You guys have a completely like, you know, international, completely, you know, multi revenue, multi just category brands. But the way we think and the way we mm-hmm. started is very, is so similar. It was, yeah, it was a I, pleasant surprise, actually. Yeah.
1: I actually think that was a big thing that the audience took away yesterday was, um, it's more not that you're going to get any tips about how to run a business as a couple. I mean, we try. But the main thing, everyone was like, every time we said something, they were just nodding their heads. Yeah. So it's kind of that affirmation because it, it is a rarity to own a business as a couple. So it's that affirmation of, oh, my God, OK, we're doing it either as right as everybody else or as wrong as everybody else.
4: And, and one thing that I learned also was from these guys was um, Chad and I, a lot of times, we'll get into a phase where we feel like we're like overwhelmed by growth. And just hearing the very positive way that they've talked about it and how they've been able to manage it in such a like authentic and honest way has even just the last two days, Chad and I have been talking about that a lot of um, because it's easy. I think as a small business owner to be caught up in to make decisions based on fear, um, especially when you have everything tied up into a business. But um, I've been super impressed by that. Them.
0: I love, just before we got on mic, we were talking about the 51% rule that apparently you guys implement, which I think everybody could use, mm-hmm. you know, in, at work, in a family situation, in, in any kind of volunteer group. We're so inclined to just take on... And because we're doers. I mean, South by brings together people who are ambitious and they want to get stuff done. But I don't know about you, that gets me in trouble. Mm-hmm. So tell people what the 51% rule is. Yes.
3: Yeah, so when we first started our company uh, in 2009, we from the very beginning had what we call the 51% rule. And that means that of any decision that gets made, someone has that one extra percent of ownership to it. So you can continue to argue it out and try to make your point if you're the 49%. Um, but ultimately, if you're at, Uh, an impasse, the person with that extra percent gets to have the final say, and when you're first starting out, (laughs) Josh is trying to grab the, no, I'm 51, I'm the 51, (laughs) uh, uh, when you're first starting out, you have to be more deliberate with like, okay, you have the the, the 51% on this, but um, over time, you just naturally start to know who's going to have the extra 51% of
1: any decision, you don't even have to kind of scope it out. And I think that... It's, it's not the 51% of like, oh, he's going to do a better job or he knows more about this or whatever. It's the 51% of, I can see Brent really has the passion for this. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of passion for it, but he's got more. Mm-hmm.
0: So he's got the 51%. And so delegating and stepping aside. Last question. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I devoured Queer Eye on Netflix recently when you were on television not that long ago. Mm-hmm. I, you know, but just gay culture is changing so much in pop culture. And if you guys have any thoughts to share on uh, either how much has changed or has not changed with, you know, basically representation of, of people of queer identities on television or in media at all. Yeah, I mean, I
4: feel like it's just more, it just it's become more and more mainstream. And so, I, I mean, like, I would hope that people don't even, this might sound weird, I don't know the right way to say this, but don't even, are not, like, paying attention to it as much anymore. They don't notice so much anymore when there is a gay couple in a sitcom or something like that. And so I think that, which doesn't really explain the queer, the queer eye relaunch phenomenon, but um, so I'm not really helping <laughs> to talk it's about that crazy. part, yeah, I but yeah, go. No,
2: I just, I think, to, I don't want to spend too much time on the Queer Eye, but it, it's interesting how I was actually surprised to see the show coming back, because I, point. you know, initially I was thinking, you know, this isn't really do we need this now? But after watching this series, the, the, the episodes and the people they interact with, it's like it's so, I still feel like a very it's a conversation that still has to be had, and there's still a community out there that um needs to understand other communities better. and I don't know. I just think it's a great thing.
3: Well, and I also think that um, when i when I watch the the new series, I, I thought that the gays didn't seem that much more enlightened than the straights. Um, you know, when when the original Queer Eye came on, like all of those guys seemed like far, far superior, you know, in terms of taste and, and whatnot than, than the straight people. But I think social media, um, you know, things like Pinterest, you know, the interconnectedness of the world has made everybody have a baseline level of style sophistication that when the first show aired... Uh, it didn't. And so I think that a lot of the the guys that are on the show now are getting a lot of criticism because they don't seem that polished, but that's just, it's not that they're not that polished. It's not that they're not that polished, it's just that overall culture is yeah. a little bit more sophisticated. Well,
0: and From it's a tricky support. position because you don't want to call it out and make it special. But at the, at the same time, you you need representation. South by needs an LGBT track, just like with colorblindness. You know, we're, we're actually moving beyond the idea that colorblindness is what is better for society. We need to have more of this radical empathy to, you know, understand the nuances of gender and sexuality in the first place and that it's fluid. And I mean, I love on the show how... There's just there's a fluidity not just on that on on your show too but there's just a fluidity and there's always a surprising element and it just helps people on all parts of the spectrum I think understand different parts of that spectrum better.
1: And I you know Brent and I we were the we were the first um, real gay couple like actual a couple on television um, and act you know in their own show it was so but we never. Ever talked about being gay yeah. on the show itself, and and we you know we attended some panels on activism yesterday, which were wonderful, and there were these great young people doing amazing things. And I was, I always love the idea of stealth activism. Mm. So like just just by being on TV and not talking about it, we know that we got so many letters from conservative families, um, uh, sort of you know Republican-leaning people that that were like, oh, I watched it because it wasn't a show about being gay, and mm-hmm. I learned something from it.
0: I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. You're going to go scoop out a bunch of ice cream, meet a bunch of fans, sign some books. Enjoy the rest of your time here. Thanks Thanks for coming by.
4: Thank you.